0: the pod pod it's your boy Dossie, also known as elon dosk buzz Doskier, uh jeff baysdos um plenty of other ones as well that's me i've also got on board today the statesman and kyle Louis's a late out for tonight he's got some work commitments to do but we've got the the all star 3 here and why don't we start off stato talking about your beautiful weekend that you had yeah and you're not you're not a dick mate I, I, you know might take that one back but uh how was your weekend
1: no, it was actually a good bit of content, and obviously I uh, just leaned into it, God bless it. So when Steve-O was going crap, uh, it was actually before he was uh, got the uh, red vest on, I did uh, put a little tweet out going, I may be a dick, but I'm still a no on Steve-O. Uh, my weekend was very busy, and um, the only two games I got to see um, – in total was uh, Thursday and Friday night, um, which actually worked out really well for me because my fantasy team was flying at the end of uh, Friday night. It uh, didn't go so well for the rest of the weekend. So thankfully I was very busy and didn't worry about it too much. But as you know, I sort of I laid down the guard about two weeks ago, so I'm not stressing about it, which is good.
0: I think you actually misheard me on that song, Stato. It was actually Jed and <laughs> You must pick Jed Anderson. What a great game from him. Kyle, not not a Jed Anderson only yourself, but how'd you go this weekend, mate?
2: I tell you what, Louis is in the best position right now, not being here and having to deal with you today, Dossie. It's just unbelievable. <laughs> uh, yeah. Once again, another average week. I don't really want to talk about it. I'm a bit like Stato, guards down a bit, but we'll keep trucking, keep pushing through and keep trying to improve. I did Didn't uh, have a horrible round. I was about par. Didn't really go anywhere. Which it's not too bad, I guess, in the end.
0: Yeah, no, fair enough. I I had a pretty good good weekend of watching the footy. I think I started well on the weekend, and then it kind of just tapered off, as I think a few of us did. But I actually had a lot of the early games, and I think I got super excited, thinking I was flying, and then I realised like I. You know, had barely anyone playing in the second couple of, uh, on Sunday and then everyone kind of rose up. But I did roach around, so that was good. Let's get into our round that was and, and talk about it in a bit more detail. I know you don't want to go too deep into it, lads, but you're going to have to because it is what the pod pod listeners want. Stato, walk us through, mate.
1: Yeah, on Friday night I was looking for uh, just a bit over 2,300 and ended up with 2,144. My nailed it was uh, Thursday and Friday night. I had uh, 930 players from my nine players uh, playing and my failed it was everything else afterwards, which included uh, Neil as captain. So I went Oliver into Neil which you look at that and going, you know, it's playing it safe, but unfortunately it wasn't safe. My last week's trades were Boyd to Callum Brown for the cash gen and to fix up a bit of alignment. And Jordan DeGoey, who's been basically the worst decision I've made and everything I've made around him has sort of destroyed my year a bit and moved him to Bont. And seeing it didn't ask because I went Bont, no, there was no sugar for Stato.
0: Yeah, well, I've I've sort of retired any any Willy Wonka references now after the
1: debacle of last week. I think I think we can put that one to rest. <laughs> can uh, I after that? Before before you go through your roundos now, Calvin's copped a bit of stick this week because his number one captain of the week was Neil. Ironically, I went Neil. That was not on uh, Calvin's suggestion. It was just on my match up. So I thought Clayton Oliver was the right one, but it didn't work out. So I rolled over to Neil. But he actually captained Laird himself, which ended up being a magnificent ball, <laughs> only about a 60% bump. So you went really hard on the the fantasy listeners um, to actually pick up and, and run with steve Now, just yep. to clarify, did you get that 39 score in your team? No, nah, I didn't bring you in, Stato. Um- <laughs> <laughs> But
0: hang on a second. I do want to defend myself a bit here because I actually couldn't.
2: <laughs> you cannot and- defend yourself, Dossie. There's no, no. defending yourself Ooh. here, mate. Why don't you just I can- own up for once?
0: I- no, I can defend myself. I can defend myself because I actually couldn't functionally do it because I had Tim English at R3- for starters, so I had to get him in the forward line, and it's I had a good to structure, man. good structure, good structure. A- I had to burn a trade for on a cheap ruck to do that, and then the only other option I had was to bring in a defender because I also had Kitty Coleman out, so i I couldn't functionally do it in the team. So I'm not, I'm not a fraud. I was keen to get Jaden <laughs> Stevenson, and the group chat. You'll attest, Kyle, that I was even considering doing it and just rolling with Ambrosio just for the fact that I was that desperate to get Stevo, And I was actually also going to get Callum Coleman-Jones in my first uh, first iteration of my trade. So, look, people, I am sorry for not backing in the song, backing in my words. I had a, I had a DM from – I've got to look it up – from Muxley, uh, and he was riding the train with me. He was so oh, hyped God. about bringing in Steve-O. He's ranked in the three hundred. Uh, he's he was ranked oh, in the three hundreds as well. he what are he's you doing? He's brought with him in. He's brought him in, and what I is do, wrong uh, with you? I do <laughs> apologise. Um, he's uh, he said that he only looped him on though, so he didn't actually oh. he didn't back
1: it in fully. So sorry. Yeah, much, but you please. can't That's spend it. that much money on a bench looper.
0: No, 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 you can. He's
1: <laughs> he's gone <all> right.
0: <laughs> alright. Kyle. Do you want to take us through your week?
2: Yeah. So like I mentioned, another sort of average round where I, I pretty much hit par. I think I slid back about 20, 20 ranks, which is which is very minimal with a 2 2 um, So it's a bit of a tale of what could have been really. I had a lot of high scores, including a, a Duncan 138, Rosie 125, Brayshaw 144, but then just a lot of nothing scores as well, like a Whitfield 40 and a Houston 62 and a a Lockie Neal, well, everyone has Lockie Neal, but you know a McRae eighty-three, Walsh ninety-three, so just a a very average round, unfortunately, and that's just a, that's where I'm at at the moment. Just don't have those high ceiling players, the consistent ones, and just some players that just aren't quite the top of their line. So it, it is what it is. Uh, but I, I did what I could this week. I brought in Jack Steele and, and gave him the captaincy on debut with a one twenty-one. So. Not horrible, but we'll just keep building and, and try to rise up and hopefully get inside that top 500 by season's end.
0: Yeah, that's a pretty average average uh, team you got there, Kyle, that's for sure. Uh, just the top 500 for you this year, you reckon?
2: <laughs> yeah, well, God. you can't win a hat every year, unfortunately, unless you're Selby, so.
0: God, our standards mm. are so different. It's <laughs> just like you come in like devastated each week. It's like, yeah, still a chance for the top 500. I'm just like... <laughs> We're lucky to crack the top 10K, mate. So, yeah, you're doing all right, but your standards are very high, as we know. Um, My final score for the week was 22-19. As I said, I was flying early, thought I was in for a big round, probably ended up just around that par. Still did go up slightly in rank, so um, improving the ranking at this time of year is always good for Dossie. My nailed it for the week, i got to say, probably in the end... um. I'm just having a look now. What's it got to be? Yeah, Jed Anderson. I mentioned him at the top, 142. Um, As you said, Kyle, it's a bit of an out-of-the-box performance. But if you do look at the matchups, Collingwood's, you know, an easy, easy team for midfielders to score against. I actually was disappointed. I nearly chucked the VC on him and got locked out. It was one of those last-second things. I did the same thing with Mills. So, both times, right before bounce, tried to hit the VC, Unfortunately, the game had already technically started on the fantasy thing, so I missed out on the VC, but 142 for him. I'm not expecting that every week, but he's got a couple of nice midfield matchups in a row as well. So whilst I didn't get one North Melbourne pick right, sorry to everyone, um, I did get Anderson right a few weeks ago. I failed it. Unfortunately, it was Jade Gresham, who's been a solid soldier for me across the year. I've I've gained a a bunch of coin for him. I jumped on him pretty early. I think it was after round one or two that I brought him into my side. He's gained over 100k. He's been a solid contributor, but he moved out of that midfield a bit more this weekend against Frio. And in his last three, he he's not performing well as well. So, he's had, in his last three, only averaging 68. And I held him just one, one week too long. 55 against Freo was not good enough. So, I'm going to have to get him out of my side. Lads, let's get on to some hot topics, shall we? But before we do, Stato, do you want to give us an update on the Pod Pod
1: Challenge? We've still got some plenty of coaches in the hat hunt. We certainly have. Matty Mottram has doubled his buffer and still in the lead. He's now 86 points in front. We've got Shuckers in second position and Cam Cavaliers in fifth position. And we lost one out of the top 100. Uh, and just the 18 teams in the top 100 this week. But we actually do have in position 102 and 103. So hopefully we might round off the 20 after round 18.
0: Beautiful. None of us any chance of getting in. I think Louis mentioned as well, by the way, that he was going to send through his details for his team, but um, I don't think he's managed to do that in time. As we said, he he was a late withdrawal, having to work late tonight due to the bloody weather in Adelaide. It's freezing, it's wet all of the above. I might just quickly say what he scored, though, because I think he, oh, he had an underwhelming week. So, he only got the 21-61 this week. Did poor Lou. He also went Neil Captain, who I'm assuming would be. his failed it. Um, but other than that, sort of just a few poor performances. I'm sure we'll get to more of them in, in the round. Actually, lucky to avoid our failed it. Did anyone mention Whitfield?
2: Well, yeah, I spoke about him a little bit. 40 points. Far out. We know that uh, defenders against Port Adelaide is tough, but forty points is just disgusting, isn't it?
1: And GWS yep. defenders have got three hard matchups coming up: so Brisbane, Carlton, and Sydney, all in a row. So that's four really tough matchups for GWS defenders. So Himmelberg and Whitfield uh, owners will be a little bit nervous. Well,
0: speaking of the Himmelberg owners, let's talk about the new editions of the DPPs which came out this week, and uh, we had an extended lockout just to just to make that happen, I think, lads, because. I think Kyle was it you that was, or was it Louis? I think Louis was pretty keen to see if the lockout just stayed forever and we didn't have to have to get back into our teams and play out the season. Which um, obviously after that week he had might have made some sense. But let's talk about some of the DPPs that did come through. I'm just going to mention the, the relevant ones for the run home. You mentioned Harry Hummelberg. Based on what you're saying just then, Stato though probably not a target um, given
1: <coughs> their run coming up. Yeah, absolutely. He's a tough run. He lost a bit of cash this week, so he's no longer a money maker. So if you're bringing him in, you're expecting him to stay for the remainder of the season. Um, but with already one tough matchup gone and three more to come, he's probably not number one on the list. And probably the only other huge one here that I can see, obviously
0: Bailey Williams uh, from the Western Bulldogs, <laughs> thirty nine. Just kidding, mate. We've got Rowan Marshall getting forward status um, from ruck status to forward status. A guy that I miraculously, it's probably, I was telling you guys in the chat this week, it's honestly probably turning out to be one of my best trades this season, just based on this obviously three game sample. But it's so hard to hit those guys the perfect week. And obviously, out of necessity, that week where everyone went Jackson, I missed out and was devastated. It's turned out to be a blessing in disguise because I went Rowan Marshall that week. He's had Sydney. This is since he was on the back of two fifties in a row. Then I've picked him up 131, 107, 102, and now he's got forward status for me. So, would you guys consider him as an option though here with his forward status now and in this ripping vein of form?
1: Yeah, he's got the Western Bulldogs, West Coast Eagles, which seems an easy matchup, but it's a little bit different now. Nick Nat's back. Uh, Hawthorne, then Geelong for his next four matchups. So it's a pretty good showing.
0: And there's no other DPPs you guys can see that are relevant here for us. There are a lot of keeper league and draft relevant, but those are the only two that we're really looking at, hey? Yep. All right, the other hot topics we've got Clayton Oliver. Kyle, do you want to walk us through the scenarios we've got here? He's he's injured his thumb, had the fractured thumb last week, had the surgery, but there's still some hope he could play. So obviously, I think a lot of the questions maybe that we've got coming up will probably touch on Oliver scenarios. But what's the general gist? What's your feeling, Kyle?
2: Yeah, look, it's it's really unfortunate for owners. Uh, I'm one, Stato's one. He's he's been in absolute ripping form, hasn't missed a game since 2016, and. Uh, unfortunately, it looks like he's potentially going to be out with uh, with that finger for or thumb so for one week. And look, it's we it, we really hope that it gets named up. We hope that they don't name him at selections on Thursday and and fly him. And I think if they fly him, he plays. But you know, with Melbourne, you know Jackson got named up and then didn't fly, but they didn't name it until right up until the game. So you're just not sure at this stage. I probably will look to trade him. I think I can. I can use the money that's on his head and go down to someone that will hopefully score in line with him and make a bit of cash and hopefully go up on the other end to to fix some of my underperforming premiums uh but I think if he is named you probably do hold he he's been so good and he he's an absolute gun and i I, I just have this feeling that he will play because he's hunting that brownlow medal and and Melbourne do need a win they've been in a bit of shaky form at the moment so he'll be doing everything in his power but stato what do you think
1: yeah, I'm in two minds with this um, because what I do want is have Clayton Oliver on his uh, run home. So uh, the only problem is I don't have anyone confident on the bench that can sort of give me the 70 to 80 that I want sort of coverage for. So that becomes the drama. But as you say, there's that opportunity and he has got uh, – Three hard midfield matchups in Port Adelaide, Western Bulldogs, and Frio, but then a really good run. So maybe the play is uh, if he's out. Um, to go down to someone, um, probably you know, max 100k, and then put that uh, money and coin straight on top of someone like a Crips um, to to actually go to someone that's going to score equivalent. So you sort of get two for one sort of scenario with an eye to bring Oliver back in in two or three weeks for his uh, his matchups Collingwood, Carlton, and uh, Brisbane to finish off with, which are pretty good matchups. All
0: right, let's get into the final hot topic, which you guys forced me to put on here, and it was the Jaden Stevenson injury. Why did you put this on the hot topics, guys?
1: Well, just so we could talk about Jaden Stevenson for a little bit longer on this podcast. No, but to be honest, there would have been a, a few that actually went because of the potential role change, and credit to you, Doss, it was there. It's just not a move I would have made, but again, I'm a bit of a dick. You are a dick. Okay, let's get into our questions. We've got plenty from the listeners this
0: week, and that's what we want to do a bit more on the run home. We know people want to get their questions answered, so we're going to try our best to get just plenty of questions happening in the next few weeks on your run to the grand final or your run on the rankings rise. First question, actually, I'm bringing back from last week because this came in after we recorded and kind of brings us back to a point that, that Kyle Kyle was keen on this guy in the preseason. And I wonder now if he becomes a nice pot option for those a bit cash strapped, Kyle. But Jack wanted to know last week, is Dangerfield a smoky to go 95 to 100 for the rest of the year? Obviously, we missed this at the deadline, but Danger came out, looked a lot better in his game and scored 105 points. Is he a potential option? Only 614k, Kyle.
2: Look, he's very cheap. Uh, Could he go 95 to 100 for the rest of the season? Potentially. Is he someone that you want to target? I I don't believe so. He has been injury prone for the better part of a year and a half now. Um, and Geelong are right in the hunt for finals. Yes, he needs match fitness to get back up, but I would foresee a rest or some game rest um, between now and the end of the season, and and we need to be hunting those high ceiling type players. And I don't think he's that player anymore. He's more of that impact. He's going to look really good for some games, but probably only score you know that 80 to 100. Where we're, we need to, we need to target those players that can go 125 plus. So yes, he's cheap, and yes, he might be able to outscore his price, but I don't think he's worth bringing in at this time of year.
0: Stato, we've got a question from Putts. He's got a two-part question. I'll give you the first part, and Kyle the second part. Just wanting your thoughts. Who's the biggest priority to
1: offload? Crips, Wines, or Darcy Cameron? So, um, first off, Cameron, you offloads uh, when Grundy comes. So, if he's named this week, that's the right timing for him because he will have a bit of a role change. I don't see them using Brodie Grundy as a forward. But until then, he's got an okay run. So you keep running with him. Uh, No, he had a bit of groin soreness, so just keep a bit of an eye on that. Might have impacted his scoring a little bit, but he did uh, get some junk time on the weekend. So when we need to move to the two midfielders, I say Cripps, who didn't score a ton against West Coast. He's the priority out of those two. Yeah, Cripps has gotta go. He's
0: so he's been very, very disappointing in this this second half of the season. Um and just has to go. <laughs> he's just it's there's too many mouths to feed, ironically, for him who's shouldered such a heavy burden over his time at the club. But yeah, guys like Kennedy stepping up, your boy Stato, Cher is now back in the midfield mix. He, he's risen his centre bounce attendances this week and yeah, and Hewitt as well, who I just don't see it, Stato. Um mm-hmm. Putz also wants to know, just wondering who the better pick for the remainder of the season is out of these three, Taranto, Duncan, or Bont, Kyle? Now, you were letting us know pre-show, like 800K now Duncan's out. So, that pick for you earlier in the season, it took a while to pay off, but it's coming good at the right time of the year.
2: Yeah, it just surprised me a little bit, to be honest. I I didn't realize how expensive he was now. I I think he was about 745K last week. So, I think three tons in a row. He's clearly back in a bit of form and, and maybe he is that guy benefiting from Tom Stewart being out, but we just got to remember that it is from now until the end of the season and I would put my money on him either having a rest or you know Tom Stewart coming back in two weeks and, and regaining that role and, and Duncan playing a bit more of a, a part. So on that reason with Duncan being 800K, I don't think I'd target him at this point in the season now. I think you've kind of missed the boat there. Between Toronto and Bont, I think I'm going to go Toronto. Uh, Bont just there's just something off about him this year, and off about the Bulldogs. And Stato shaking his head, but we we just it's not the Bulldogs that we we've come to know. He's he's clearly carrying something, and and the Bulldogs just aren't in the form that they were, and they're not getting those high scores and. Just the thing about Taranto is he's playing for that contract. GWS don't have a lot to play for, but they are playing that free footy and I think he's just gonna put his best foot forward in the second half of this season to try and, you know, get paid somewhere. So it wouldn't surprise me if he he puts up, you know, a one hundred to one oh five average from here on out, which I can't see Bont doing it at this point in time.
0: Yeah, and I think Stato was only shaking his head because he is a not so proud bond owner right now and has been disappointed in the production. And it's been weird. Just the Bulldogs in general, I think, we're just so used to them, you know, having so much of the pill to share around. And, and they're just getting done at the moment, which is kind of where I think that, you know, we're not getting that love shared around. The pill's not getting as much for the dogs and it's just ruining everyone's fantasy scores.
2: Yeah, that's it. And you've also got Bailey Smith coming back in this week as well. So we don't know how that's going to upset the apple cart too. Um, So just for that reason, I I wouldn't be bringing in Bont this week. I'd I'd just be having a look just to see how it all plays out because the the wheels could fall off at the Bulldogs if they lose another couple of games and, and they're really out of the finals race, then who knows what's going to happen.
0: And how's vintage Bevo going? Trelaw at half back as well. Just something to <laughs> something to look at. Obviously worried about Caleb Daniel, um, probably out of the side and that drive that he's he's missing out on that half back line. But it was a vintage Bevo manoeuvre. Didn't hurt his score too much, thankfully for owners. Taser wants to know Stato. This is an interesting one. If Clayton Oliver gets up and is named, is he still a potential trade? Sore thumb, possible reduced output, lowest score of the year was from a Drew tag in round four. Um, a trade down to steel and with 150 k already in the bank, he can go Dacos up to Doc based on that trade.
1: Well, with the two variables you're talking about, um, and we are at that luxury trade point, um, it might be very much worth a punt.
0: Ah, that's so tough, isn't it? I'd bet if Oliver plays though, he's ret- Like he'll be right. That's that's the way they wouldn't play him if he wasn't good to go. You couldn't. Oh, I don't know. What do you think, Kyle? That's a, that's an interesting take. I, I probably, if I was a Clayton, if I was lucky enough to be a Clayton Oliver owner, I don't think I'd be trading him out.
2: Yeah, look, it is. Um, and I, for one, have not been someone that has nailed these luxury trades this year. So, I'm not sure if I'm the right one to be giving advice. But to be honest, I am going to be considering the the Clary trade out regardless of whether his named. Not saying whether I'll go through with it or not, but it is something that I'll look at. If I, if I believe I can get someone with the same sort of output for the next three weeks for 100K less and it helps me fix another line, then it will be something I'll look at. Considering what we know about Port Adelaide is they are pretty tough to score against and you're right, that Willem-Drew tag probably does come to come to fruition.
0: Yeah, it's a good call. And if he's bloody not named, then Petrarca owners watch out for the tag. God <laughs> damn, that's going to be annoying. All right, another question from Robbo. Hey, fellas, got a couple of things to this question. First off, who goes first out of Crips, Wines and Titch, all similar prices and break-evens? Stato? Cripps, Wines, and Titch, who goes first?
1: Uh, I would go um Titch has got uh, West Coast Cripps this week, still. by the way, just to yeah, yeah, and then he's got North Melbourne. Yeah. So, uh, I'm happy with that. Actually, started in the midfield this week. He, he, he did spend some time out of there later on, but it was nice to actually see him start in the guts.
0: Yeah. Um, and the next part of that question from Robbo, looking to trade Blitzarves. And one of the above mids out. So which combo do you like out of these, Kyle? Gorn and Keys? Or another pod. He's not sold on LDU. Or Marshall and Steel slash took. So it's a Gorn or Keys slash similar pod or a Marshall and a Steel Took?
2: Yeah, I think it's Gorn and Keys in this example. Uh Gorn we know is going to be the top two ruck when he gets back to full fitness with that role coming into finals. And Although Marshall has been in that hot form that you've been speaking about, Doss uh, he was off back to back fifties. So um, just because he has been scoring tons doesn't mean it's going to continue. And although Gorn, you know, he got injured, I don't think Gorn's going to drop you a fifty where Marshall still might. So I, I'm looking at Keys myself. I think he's probably a good pod to take the punt on, considering no one get no one at Adelaide gets tagged, and they have that soft run coming up. And he's pretty cheap. I think 815k. The thing that I do worry about a little bit with Adelaide though is their midfield is terrible. They are all mm-hmm. getting big numbers but doing absolutely nothing with it. So, you know, maybe Knicks does try and switch it up a little bit towards the end of the year and actually try and win some football because the the brand that they're playing at the moment isn't helping anyone and it is a bit concerning. I think Crouch will probably go again and and who knows, Rory Laird might might find himself out somewhere else to try and have a little bit more impact and and who knows what happens with Keys too. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting um, just for, for people considering Marshall and to be fair, his next three matchups, even for a forward, is pretty outstanding what he's got coming up for him. But just to say, like, he has been um, playing forward. So, you know, the DPP has come for a reason and he, his re- recent vein of form isn't due to the fact that he's now playing a heap in the ruck or anything like that. He's just had some really good great form playing in in that forward role and a mixture of ruck. So, he still gets in there. But over the last two weeks in particular, so round 15, he had an 85% time in the midfield in that ruck. So, that was based on ruck time. The last two weeks, 29% CBAs and 37% CBAs. So, it is he is playing purely essentially that forward role with a bit of a chop out. So, you really just got to hope that he continues getting these big mark numbers leading up the ground. Like I said, he's got some nice forward matchups regardless, but it's just something to be aware of. It's not some magical role change that happened. He's just in some good form. Okay. Anthony, do I bring in English or Taranto for Jackson this week into his forward lines, thinking he can wait a week on English with a tough match-up against the Saints and hopefully a slight price drop on English next week? What do you think on that for English or Taranto for Jackson this week, Stato?
1: Yeah, I'm bringing English in round 20. Uh, got a really good run home, but he's got um, two of the harder matchups in St Kilda and Melbourne. Over the next two weeks, a uh, bit of a lower score this week, his first week back, and prices dropping a little bit higher, break even. So I'd go Taranto and then look at English in two weeks' time.
0: All right. And Anthony also requested a bowie from me. So there you go, Anthony. Stormy, Jack Steele or Andrew Brayshaw, particularly for the league finals, Kyle? Got, got a thought on this one? You. You're an owner of both, I think. You've got a preference of one or the other?
2: Oh, mate. They are both unbelievable. Uh, Brayshaw just keeps getting it done. I I didn't think he had that 144 in him on the weekend, to be honest. His his big scores have generally been at home and he's been a little bit uh, down away from home, but he was unbelievable. I think a 59-point last quarter seeing him get to that 144, but I still think I'm Jack Steele for the, for the price difference and... Although it hasn't happened a whole lot, Jack Steele's never getting a tag. He he's in there eighty, ninety percent CBAs and and high time on ground. And I still think Brayshaw might cop a tag or two on the run home somewhere with the with the form that he's in. So on that, with the cash saved, I'll go Jack Steele. But they're both great options and you want both of them in your team if you can by the end of the season.
0: Yeah. Brayshaw surely cops some attention from Sydney this week. Horse has got to do something about him. I, I don't know, though. I don't, I don't know if Sydney have done too many midfield tags. There have been I, more kind I think of those. It'll,
2: I think it'll just be Mills doing his sort of accountable role yeah. that he does, where he just um, gives him a bit of attention at stoppage and, and, and goes from there. I don't think it'll be a, a real blanket tag, but you, you never know, to be honest.
0: Mm. Stuart Stato. He's got one. Any advice for someone just slowly crabbing between one to two thousand in overall rankings? We call that roaching, uh, Stuart. So, any any advice just just to get out of that rut and and not roach and just
1: rise? Yeah, have a crack at luxury trade. So, hopefully, if you're in that position, you you've effectively got uh, a completed team. So, um, get out of the little comfort zone with some of the players underperforming premiums and have a crack at. Uh, a few pods, so we mentioned keys. Uh, have a look at Steel if you haven't got him, uh, Tooks, obviously another one that's not massively owned, so be doing those moves.
2: Yeah, the other one you want to look at is, you know, targeting your pods all well and good, but maybe jumping off someone that's highly owned to have a go that way. So Stato spoke about it earlier, you know, the, McRae. the, the Darcy, yeah, um, yeah, we'll get there, but, uh, you know, the Darcy Cameron move <laughs> who's, who's pretty highly owned now knowing that Grundy's coming back, maybe you take a punt and you get off him early and and hope that, you know, he he drops a lower score and the guy you bring in has a ceiling game or you're right, McRae, not that I have the balls to do it, but the, he's he's maybe someone to look at as well considering he's very highly owned and, and clearly out of form or maybe carrying an injury. So, yeah, that's something definitely to look at if you want to try and jump ranks. You
0: know, the, uh, this is not the Jaden Stevenson sort of pot, okay? So, I, pr- I promise you that. I reckon my favourite pod for the next couple of weeks to to try and if you're going to try and do that sort of a move as well and, and it's not to do with getting rid of people but Dylan Moore playing in the midfield this week He's got such that that sort of 120 type of ceiling. And, and we just mentioned Titch's matchups. They are the same for him. What, West Coast and then North Melbourne for Dylan Moore, who who had CBAs this week, went a 120. And we saw him early in the season when he was playing a bit more on the wing. He could even do some monster ceiling scores. I reckon, anyway, I'm just flagging him. He's Dossie's boy of the week, Dylan Moore. So, Kyle probably shaking his head there. Not as keen, but oh, gee, I, nah, I'm really I don't mind about it. him. I don't mind yeah. him,
2: Dossie, but it's just such a risk because yeah, we've seen it once. But yeah. what's to say he's in the midfield next week? And you would need to do it this week. So would,
0: would that be the sort of thing at one to two thousand rank though that you try that sort of a pod that has the ceiling and and you know two great matchups?
2: Yeah, no, nah, you're right. But you also mentioned someone like Jake Stringer who did it and went back to drop in his forties. So.
0: Yeah, he he didn't have the he doesn't have the Dillamore ceiling though. Like he's probably a nineties dude, but yeah, point taken. Point point taken. Kyle, Josh, um, oh no, sorry, this is also from Stuart. What is the better option for trades this week? A traditional one up one down Stato or a premium reshuffle such as a McRae wits out for a Toronto English? So I guess you spoke about it briefly there, but what do you prefer?
1: Yeah, I, I would look at that um, that reshuffle. Using McRae, seeing you're trying to get out of that sort of middle 1 to 2K range. So, um, uh, and definitely wits out. So I like English with a ceiling, although he's got a couple of hard matchups. But if you're taking McRae out, I'd try and look at a guy in the midfield that's got a big ceiling and just a little bit cheaper.
0: Josh wants to know who goes between track and Walsh? too. Brayshaw Kyle so he's he's wanting to get rid of one of Petrarca and Walsh and go to Brayshaw is that a bit too sideways or I mean which of the two would you get rid of though if you're going to
2: are we talking about Petrarca who went 141 two weeks ago that same Petrarca
0: sounds like it sounds like it well we did just mention though potential if if Oliver's out you've got the Drew tag probably coming his way
2: yeah. Look, to be honest, out of those two players, and this pains me to say because I have them both, but I'd be trading out Walsh. Um, like you mentioned, the too many mouths to feed at Carlton's a real thing. And he was on 45 at three-quarter time yesterday. He was looking like having an absolute shocker and and managed to junk his way to, to a 93, I think. And he he just hasn't had the ceiling this year. He's, you know, he's had a few monster games where he's had the sort of 35-plus possessions and has only scraped to a 110, 120. So... Um he's probably someone you can look to to get off and 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 go to someone that might potentially have a, a higher ceiling, but to be honest, I think your team's probably probably in a pretty good spot if you're looking to trade either of those two I, I'd say there's probably someone else
0: um, Yeah well the other one he says do you or do you hold both and go a Darcy Cameron to a Duncan Toronto That's the option right going Cameron yeah, to Toronto
2: I would be going Darcy Cameron to Tim Toronto.
0: Yep. Brad, going Cripper and Oliver out gives him a total of 1.721 million exactly. Thoughts on the best two mids to bring in for this? Um, that's what Brad wants to know from you, Stato. Cheers, lads. Love the pod. My favourite segment is that one where you lump shit on Dossie. It's usually about 45 minutes or so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no shit. It is. It's basically what the pod pod is. Um, Bring so, in Dylan more. Yeah, Bring one. in Dylan. We
2: what we do in the group chat for seven days straight, forty five minutes, is just not long enough to heap shit on Dossie, to be fair.
0: Yeah, no, it's a good call. It's a good call. Managed to stay in the group chat this weekend, by the way. Didn't get didn't get kicked out. I, I think Louie felt pretty bad from what he did the other week where I didn't get a sniff all weekend. So thanks for that, guys. appreciate sticking around. You got any you got any um any options for a stato for one point seven two one million exactly?
1: Okay, so we're talking about eight hundred and sixty k average. Would that be correct? Roughly, yeah. Um, so we're we, we're talking the, these are the guys I like. So you're going to have to go one below the uh, the eight sixty model. So. Um, I'm looking at, at Benkees just because yeah. of the run Adelaide have got. So we're talking that's 816, which means you've got about 920 to spend on the other. And depending on who you've got, of course, so we don't know who you've got. So who's in this realm? where well, you've got Lockie Neal, you've got Callum Mills, you've got Jack Steele, you've got Tooke Miller. So I think those are, are four really good options um, that you can actually look at if you use Ben Keyes. Um, obviously, you could go Zach Merritt, who at the moment's 124 over his last uh, four games and seem to be going better without Parrish. Um, so that is an interesting call as well. But if you go Zach Merritt, um, all of a sudden you've only got about 870 on your other spend and then you're sort of restricted to... Uh, Looking at an 870, a a Josh Kelly. Um, Nah, no thanks.
2: Nah, yeah, yeah, can't
1: go to Kelly. um, So, yeah, you're sort of out of that realm. So the the Keys model opens the the floodgates um, on the other options for you. So that's why I sort of like him at that sort of price range at the moment. All right.
0: Next question's from Daniel English or Gorn this week. Kyle, and who goes from Cameron, Darcy or Brody?
2: Gee, you don't trade out Will Brody. Learn from mine and Stato's mistake. He's uh, he's been unbelievable and
0: he's a beast.
2: <laughs> he's getting that time on ground now, which was the concern early season. So um, he stays for now until you see otherwise. Uh it's it's Darcy Cameron. I, I still think Sean Darcy has some upside and, and we can guarantee that he's got that number one ruck role from now until the end of the season when we know that uh, Darcy Cameron's time is um, coming to an end with Grundy coming back and his form has started to slow as well. So in that situation, it's Darcy Cameron. I'm still very torn on this, guys, and I'm considering it this week, Gorn versus English. I want to take Gorn because I know he's going to be the top two ruck for, for the rest of the season and we know that English has got those tough matchups coming up. But English has also averaged 110 for the year and isn't looking like slowing. So, to be honest, I'm going to say English, but I'm I'm heavily considering Gorn as well. So, sorry sorry for sitting on the fence.
0: You got you got anything to add on that one, Stato? No, you're spot on perfect Mark wants to know with Merritt looking good and he is looking fantastic especially with Parish out for another few weeks would you consider a move from Josh Kelly or McRae to steal for the run home he's got all the other big dogs except for Oliver for Mark so oh, good timing yeah absolutely
1: um, yeah I'd go Kelly or McRae to steal which one then uh, McRae um, yeah I'm the same
0: What's that, Kyle? Talk us through. You're your, your very upset with
1: McRae lately.
0: Let's walk, let's have a little bit of a therapy session here. What's going on, mate? He, he was
1: his captain about three weeks ago with 148. Just a to- yeah,
2: yeah. And to be honest, I I thought that was his turnaround. I thought that was going to spark the second half of the season. It's it's like clockwork at the moment. He comes out. He has a big first half. I think three weeks in a row, he's been on between 55 and 65 at half time. He then spends the first rotation on the bench, so doesn't see any footy for the first sort of six to eight minutes in the third quarter, and, and he just hasn't recovered. He's he's a shell of the player that he was. He's not tackling, he's not marking, he's handballing far more than he's kicking. And and unfortunately, the Bulldogs aren't in the form that they were that are allowing him to get those monster possession numbers that he needs for big scores. So he's just he's just nowhere near a top eight midfielder at the moment.
1: And Liber and Bond are spending so much more time in the midfield. So he's just not getting that role. Yeah. I think the dogs just don't even
0: like at the moment, I don't know if they're just going to bring in a couple of guys and they've got Bruce potentially coming back in. Even Toby McLean's playing some VFL at the moment, which is good to see. But I just wonder what they've got in terms of can they even be a contender now and are we going to see them bounce back to being some super fantasy relevance Um in the next coming weeks because they've still got so many big names. That's the problem. We need, you know, we've got so many of their players in our team that we need their we need their whole team firing to get those scores back on track.
2: Yeah, to be honest, we don't know what Bailey Smith's going to do this week. He could come back in yeah, and, and really too. ignite yep. them. He was playing such an important role for them early yep. days in that sort of connection between midfield and, and forward line. So, it would not surprise me if their form turns around a little bit with him, him coming back. Uh, but it's just, yeah, he, they're too hard to predict at the moment. And if you've got the luxury of getting out, I think he's probably going to still average 105, but I don't think he's going to be the 115 that, you know, we need for the last six rounds.
0: You know what? I'm going to interject here for another hot topic because I thought of something that we probably haven't brought up and we it definitely should have been in the hot topics. COVID was back in full force this this weekend with with health and safety ruling out a couple of my favourite players. I think we talked about Kitty Coleman as being an option last week and then all of a sudden um, things were thrown into the mix. Is there anything we can do to prep for this like – is there teams we should avoid? If we see a couple of health and safeties early in the week, do we avoid those sort of things? Like it's almost going back to our early round strategy, but Stato looks like you've got maybe some thoughts on this. Is, is, there, is it something we have to be aware of it now? Because it's, you know, the second wave's basically here, right?
1: Yeah, it's a little bit past the second wave, mate. But um, You know what I mean. Look mate. at the end. Yeah, at the end of the day, everyone's at a risk. So I, I think we played that sort of hand with West Coast. Uh, at the beginning of the year because uh, COVID hadn't hit WA. So we can understand and accept that's the case, but everyone is open to be affected by this and the flu. So I, I just wouldn't jump at shadows too much. Just wait to see who's selected. That's the key thing. Is there, is there some merit, though, coming into, especially when
0: you're you know chasing these hats and, and these high-rankings, and we saw it be a problem the other week, not with COVID as well, just with a Luke Jackson laid out. Is there merit in holding your trades a little bit longer if you possibly can, and just avoid locking yourself in on the first couple of rounds so you have that flexibility?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's the main point I want to make um, is just hold your trades. You know, you've got to take a risk at some point, and I think most people's benches are starting to thin out. I know mine is, and. It is going to be unfortunate if you do copper donut, but just yeah, just be smart. We don't have any Thursday night games anymore, which is a good thing. You're not going to have to lock your trades in that early if you want one of those players. But if you can, just be smart. Hold your trades back until you absolutely need to, and and that way you can hopefully um, you know pivot and navigate if you if you need to if one of your players is laid out with COVID, like we saw with um, Mills in that last year, which was was an extreme circumstance. The one thing I will add, though, you are right with, you know, what we saw this week with Brisbane. It just sort of meant you just don't trade in a, in a Brisbane player in that week, just to, just to be certain. But, yeah, I, I wouldn't be, um, you know, changing too much and, and predicting COVID because it just is what it is. Yeah,
0: absolutely. But, yeah, I think there is something to that if, if it's going through a team and you can kind of try and do your best to predict it, yeah. All right. Moving on back to our questions. Ash, ranked highly, should I aim for worst player off field or best estimated points gained? So, he's looking at a Whitfield to a Crisp and a Darcy to a Gorn or a Cameron slash Rosie to a Bailey Smith. Thanks, boys. What do you think?
2: Yeah, look, it's very easy to get sort of caught up in this time of the year off the back of one bad score. So, let's use Lockie Whitfield, for example. It's it's very easy to look at his 40 on the weekend and think I need to trade him out. But if I go back on his last four weeks, 114, 92, 99 and 130. So he's still very much a top uh, six defender. And those are the type of moves that you really get regret over if you go and trade them out and then you know they bounce back and the player you trade in doesn't get you any points. So I wouldn't be too rash there. Um, but you're right, it is that luxury trade season. I, I think I would try and get the the worst player off my... My field, or you know, up to the, to a better player, but just be really smart and and really look at the variables about why that player scored the way they did, because that's the most important thing. Stato does it very well at the draft doctors, where they you know they look at matchups, they look at all sorts of things, and you know it's not often just a you know Whitfield scored forty, he's going to score it again. We have a look at it. We know that uh, defenders against Port Adelaide are tough uh, because Port Adelaide hold the ball and and keep it away from the defenders and. And they just had a real bad game anyway. So just just have a look at that. Don't be too rash and and, and think smartly about the the trade you're gonna um, pull.
1: Yeah, and we saw one of and, the and- most. Oh, sorry, Stato, you go ahead, mate. Yeah, unless there's an injury, there's only one person that's going to lose their current role out of that list, and that's Darcy Cameron. Yeah, good point. Um, and we
0: like we've seen a lot of. Key dominant defenders struggle against Port. We had the best defender in the comp earlier in the year, coming off one twenty five and seventy eight, um, score of forty two in Jake Bowie. So, um, you know, it does happen to the best of them guys. That's for sure. Um, all right. Moving on to this one from Tay. Now, I reckon that's Taser sneaking in his second question again, but he's gone with the Tay just to just to disguise it. Um, which trade is going to be the biggest upgrade? Dacos to Doc, Titch to Andrew Brayshaw or Darcy to English. Titch to Andrew Brayshaw. Yeah, it's a big one. Oh, that's tough with those matchups. But yeah, ignore the matchups. Titch has been not the Titch of old this season. Yeah. S- this one from Scum. We do love our Scum. Hey lads, couple of questions for you, for you, for you all. Moving forward, is English and Gorn the clear R one and R two, or is R two still up for grabs, Kyle?
2: Now those are the two players that you want to have in your side by the in, in the next couple of weeks. I, like we mentioned, you can wait maybe one or two just to see form and and matchups, but they're the they're the players you want.
0: All right, uh, we've already sort of talked about this. This is the Oliver question: best three options to replace him, uh, and is it worth the steel cash grab? I think we've kind of gone through a few. Of the better options to replace him, including a Ben Keys up against Collingwood, that's a nice little one to cash grab as well. Uh, and Jack Steele's a nice one. Do you guys like Cam Guthrie as a nice pod as well? I, I think he's, he's probably- back. Is it too late for him?
2: Yeah, I think it's too late. He's been unbelievable, but he's he's got that Geelong factor about him still. He has that real low time on ground. You just, you'd hate to get him that week that he, you know, he doesn't get that 110 plus from his 70% time on ground and he just puts up a 90. So, I personally, I, I wouldn't be bringing him in.
0: Anyone, any other, I'm just looking at some pods just because people asking heaps of options. Is Luke Davies Uniac, that's just a, a one hit kind of one. Oh, he's been 112 in his last three, but you can't go there as well. You're shaking your head Stato. He He's coming into some serious form though.
1: Yeah, I think we covered this before, but he's mentioned steel, lead, or brace Or you want those three, so target them first. All right,
0: sounds good. State a bit too vanilla, aren't you? You don't like going Sorry, to mate. pod ever,
1: ever, do you? Um, no, I, I mentioned keys as the the cheaper pod if you're doing the double um, swing around with the with the premiums.
0: And also, anyone thinking Noah Anderson? If there is anyone out there, because I think there would be a few. I'm just not a fan of going anywhere near Suns. I've, I've mentioned how I just hate their game plan for fantasy scoring. So, just – I know you had a 141 and won them the game, but no thanks for the Suns for this year. Next year, maybe, if they change things up. Adam, g'day, legends. What are your thoughts on Marshall as F6? Three decent games in a row now, even without Ryder. What's our final verdict on Marshall, Kyle? Is there any interest for you as a – I don't think you're an owner, are you? Is there any interest in bringing him in at all as a forward option?
2: No, nah, I don't think so. He's like we mentioned. He's been fantastic for the last three weeks, but he's he's also had that you know back to back fifties, and his form hasn't been great for the season. And as a you know, like you mentioned, he's got DBP now, but that's for a reason. He's playing forward, and uh, I don't think in that role he's going to put up numbers close enough to be um, F six with what uh, forward options we have available this season.
0: This question from two 1,000 and beyond, currently aiming for a top 1,000 finish. As of my mate, I'm going for that still. Um, rolling with Simpkin and Wines at M7 and M8. Firstly, who should I move on first? The other will go next week. Uh, Stato, Simpkin or Wines moving on first? Uh, Simpkin. Secondly, should I chase a lowly owned player in top 1000 like a Gorn via DPP or Keys, or join the pack and take Took? So when you're trying to rise up the ranks, you're avoiding those super highly owned guys late in the year?
1: Oh, you're not avoiding them. You want the highest point scorers. But as Kyle has correctly said before, you want to take out the players that are highly owned and underperforming. That's when you grab that point of difference. So, obviously, you've got steel, you've got lead, you've got brace, or if you've got them all in your team and you can only afford a keys, that's a, a fair call. Uh, I think getting Gorn at some stage is really important, but he's probably going to have a bit of a, a, a price drop. But he's also got a really good matchup this week with uh, Port Adelaide without a ruck. This one from Sterlo. Hey lads. Thanks for all your help this year.
0: Currently have Rob and Sean Darcy in the ruck with English in the forward line. Would you be happy enough to stick with this setup for the next few weeks before upgrading one of the rucks to Gorn or using DPP to bring in Bailey Smith or Taranto?
2: Yeah, that purely depends on what you think uh, Bailey Smith and Taranto will average from here on out compared to what uh, you're going to get from Rob or Darcy. So, if you believe that Um, they're going to average more than Rob or Darcy, then yeah, absolutely trade one of those guys out, swing um, English into the ruck and then get Taranto or Bailey Smith in your forward line and then look to get Gorn in a a week or two when his price drops a, a little bit more and we see him bounce back to form.
0: Stato, this one from Baz's Bolognese. Taranto or Duncan? Hopper coming back any time now could affect Taranto's scoring, but then Duncan's injury history and Geelong rests. He's got no idea which one to go. Which one do
1: you go there, Stato? It's a tough call. Yeah, it's flags for both of them, isn't it? So at the moment, I've owned Duncan for five weeks. I think he's given me four tonnes. So I'm hot at him at the moment, but his price has definitely got up. Uh, Taranto is improving. There's no doubts about that. But yes, hopper is an issue, and they've already got a lot of mouths to feed. So I'm a little bit worried about Taranto, but at the end of the day, he's a proven high-ceiling player. So who would I pick out of those two now, just looking at the prices? I would actually have a crack at Taranto.
0: If you add English into the mix, Matt McClure is trading Barry out. Who does he go out of those three, Kyle, if you're adding English to the Taranto-Duncan mix?
2: Uh, Taranto have a crack at Toronto
0: okay that is the questions for the week and guys heading into the this weekend have we got any ideas as to what we've got to do to fix up our teams let's just quickly go through stato
1: yeah I look like uh, Oliver and Cripps out uh doing the double uh, move um, and probably still and keys to to make it happen Kyle you got any clue at the moment as to what you're going to be doing
2: yeah, ideally, uh, I've obviously got Oliver and I'm, I'm banking on him being out at the moment. So, at this stage, I'll look to go him down to either Zach Merritt or Ben Keys, which I, I pre- much prefer Merritt. I think he's he's back to being a top eight mid and, and he's going very well, but it doesn't quite give me enough cash then to fix up Houston and get him to anyone um, decent. So, that'll either then mean that I maybe upgrade Darcy Cameron to a Gorn or English or or maybe I do go down to Keys, which then gives me enough money to get Houston up to a, you know, a Sinclair or a Dawson. I'm I'm still not sold. Um, Houston's been absolutely terrible, but he does come up against Melbourne, which give up points to defenders and and wingers, so there might be opportunity to maybe hold him one more week and and have a look, have another look at Aaron Hall and and maybe jump back there. My season can't get any worse, so we'll see what happens.
0: <laughs> Don't mind the old as a whole. You've flagged his name and I, I love it as a, as a pod on the way home. People are going to be so nervous to go there with the high break even as well on his first game yeah. back.
2: I'll literally be the only one in the comp that has him. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, i rate that. Uh, my trades are pretty simple. Getting rid of Gresham, who's dished up some pretty poor performances. I'm really strongly looking at Dylan Moore, like a bit of a role change in the midfield. Um, I think he can have some really ceiling games and I just want a bit of fun to come home and I love the way this guy plays. His next six matchups are pretty juicy as well. So just a bit of fun for me to watch him fly home. I think he could really excite me with a few ceiling scores and then my other trade's looking at just getting rid of Crips because he's probably the most frustrating own I've got, and I've got a fair bit of money in the bank, so I can really get any player in the competition. So I'll just have a think about who I want and whether I want to go loose or maybe just a pay up for the near million dollar man in Laird. So that's my choices. All right, lads, let's hopefully I won't do any song this week. You don't have to worry. Um, I won't. I won't stick around and record anything, so we're safe for this week. But maybe next week. Maybe next week. Farewell.